When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bring you the latest news, updates, and analysis around the FSU program. Ahead of today's kickoff on Bobby Bowdenfield. Second and three. Patient and explosive. And a touchdown for the Noles. Tallahassee game day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Zaxby's, indescribably good. Now live from Florida's capital city, here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron. All right, welcome back in Tallahassee game day. Great to be with you for Florida State Louisville this afternoon, 3.30 kickoff. Bobby Bowden Field in what will be ideal conditions, obviously. Hopefully, if you're listening to this at your tailgate, you're having a good time, enjoying each other's company, getting set, hopefully, to watch a Florida State victory. Appreciate you joining us. If you're on the chat here watching on Warchant TV, good to have you along as well. It is game day. It is time to get excited. A little bit difficult, a little bit more difficult to muster up that enthusiasm, but after all, you can't beat game day. It's an opportunity, another chance to see Florida State perhaps take a step forward. Hopefully uh, they will. Our interview of the week brought to you by Bud Light. Also want to mention really quick while I can, Tallahassee Knowles, take note, this one's for you, announcing the Bud Light Sideline Experience Contest. If you're a Knoll in Tallahassee, text Bud Light Fan, all one word, to 31996. That's Bud Light Fan, all one word, to 31996. If you're the lucky winner... You score two sideline passes, hospitality passes, and fan gear for the FSU and Miami game on November the 13th. Must be 21 years of age or older to enter. Please enjoy responsibly. A message from local Anheuser-Busch beverage distributor, Tri-Eagles Sales. So he's enjoying life in uh, Kohler, Wisconsin, watching the United States get off to an incredible start at the Ryder Cup. In fact, a record-breaking start. And he's, I think, just to the left or is it the right? To the left or the right of the 18th green as Tom Wang joins us right now. T. Lizzie, what's up, baby? What's up, man? I don't know if you can hear the fans in the distance, but they're I can. welcoming Brooks and Berger to the ninth green. Uh, they've got a 30-footer for birdie, and John Rahm has judged his second shot. So uh, Sergio's got to chip up the hill. So a chance for the Americans to see if they can go back two up, man. But it's, it's gorgeous out here. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, listen, it's nice to be distracted by the Ryder Cup, by golf, by that lovely golf course, and by the stellar play. But it is kind of cool that you come on and mention on Tallahassee game day right off the bat that it's it's Berger and it's Kepka And those guys were kind of a, a big part of the storyline yesterday. And Tell me, because we all saw the online video of uh, the war chant, uh, tell me how that got started, and also, did you start it? 
Uh, I won't claim to be the one who started it. I I can't do that. My honor won't let me. Somebody else did across the way from us. So we were behind the first tee as they emerged. And uh, my thought was that uh, my wife and I would do a Let's Go Knowles chant after they do that. You know that little vanity shot that they have before they go to the tee box? Yeah. Walk up in front and the two teams. And people just started it right away. And uh, the person, oh, my goodness. I think Sergio just chipped in for birdie. That's unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, our pal, Dr. Joseph St. Germain, from yeah. uh, segment last year was the one who shot that video. But uh, it was pretty crazy, man. It was uh, an atmosphere, and, and this has been just, I mean, absolutely stellar. And, and the Knolls were a big part of it yesterday. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, obviously, uh, I know that you're uh, loving life. I, is, on the video feed, you're missing this. It says, uh, on the phone, Tom Wang from Rich People Island. <laughs> <laughs> You should have seen the net worth of my flight up, man. Even in economy, people. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I like, can only imagine. Worth more than my car, you know that kind of a thing. That's funny. All right, let's turn our attention to actual football here today. You know, I mentioned before you came on, Tom, that on WarChant.com they could go find your feature third and Lang, and, and you had a chance to break down Louisville and and kind of get into the the video, if if you will. And um, what uh, what is it that you're looking at? What is the What's the perspective you can give us from what you saw while you were working on that feature? Well, they run a ton of pistol and shotgun with Malik Cunningham. He's, he's much the same player that he was last year, which is to say streaky. Um, you might hear a roar in the background. We'll see. The, uh, the putt from Daniel Berger will be on the way in just a moment. Anyway, I'll continue this. What they do offensively is, is they isolate matchups as best they can for using that pistol formation. It's offset. They've got a, a tailback behind Cunningham, and then they've got either a receiver or another tailback to the left, sometimes a tight end as well. Yeah. And what I noticed about those plays is a lot of the throws are actually near the line of scrimmage and horizontal. They're just looking to get you in a foot race with one of their skill position players if they can isolate you man-on-man. And that's what scares me about today because, obviously, when you're talking about linebacker coverage and Florida State, those two don't go together the last few years. So that's where I got nervous in, in taking a look at the scouting report. Otherwise, Malik Cunningham just kind of runs hot and cold. But if he's hot, the throws he can make are just absurd. Well, and this bothers me because our linebackers, as you noted, really struggle in a lot of areas, in particular in coverage. But if we're talking about long stretch plays, things of that ilk, uh, it's tough to figure that Florida State can uh, get that you know consistently uh, executed. I, I worry about it time and again. Uh, but I would say this. Were you able to deduce from your video study that Louisville's offensive line is still problematic because I think it is. Yeah, it is. Um, they had issues with UCF at times. You wouldn't know it from the score, uh, but that game kind of it got crazy a little bit later as it went on. Um, I, I think again, this is the same thing as, as last week. That if the front four is engaged for Florida State, they'll be able to blow up a lot of the long developing plays in the background. The one thing that I would be a little bit worried about is Malik Cunningham's standard post snap action is to drop back deeper and deeper and deeper. So if I was Jermaine Johnson or Keir Thomas, or if they bring in somebody just as an edge rusher in the linebacker core, you're going to want, obviously, to uh, maybe take a, a wider angle and see if you can't cut them off at the pass. Um, but, yeah, there will be opportunities, I think, to stop the run today. It's just, again, we, we have to have the same conversation. How engaged are they? Because if they are, there could be plays to be made and, and tackles for loss to rack up. Other weapons for Louisville, since we're looking at what they do, um, I mentioned... 
you know, you mentioned Malik. Obviously, everybody always looks at him as you should. But at the same time, they don't have – there's no 2-2 at well on this team. They don't really have a, an explosive player at wide receiver. I like what they are at tight end. Uh, but I don't. I, beyond that, I don't really see it. They have a pedestrian running back who's very physical, uh, but not dominant. Uh, is there anything else that stood out to you about the playmakers for Louisville? No, no, really. It's just about isolating matchups. And, and remember, last year in this game, there were so many pre-snap reads that Malik Cunningham didn't even, didn't even have to think. There was no confusion whatsoever. You saw that Tutu Atwell was going to be aligned with Travis J in the slot, right? And then. Once you have one-on-one there with a guy like Atwell, who's now playing for the Rams, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to go there with the football. I I think what today is about for the defense, it's not about isolating on a playmaker other than Malik Cunningham. All that you're looking to do is not be so damn predictable pre-snaps to to where Malik Cunningham knows where to go with the football. If they can do a better job of that, they might have a chance. But I think even still, you're going to have to get to the high 20s, low 30s to win the ball game. and. That's a whole other ball of wax when you're talking about our offense. I was going to flip sides and go to our offense a little bit here, but also I was going to know, yeah, what do you think the race is to? Okay, so you, you, you're saying 24, 27? I think it's as high as 30. No, I agree with you. I think the prediction, when we did the war chant with the staff predictions, I had 31-27. It's kind of funny that um, I think you, me, and Corey all picked 31. Yeah, so we I did. Think- I had I had 31-30. Uh, Corey had 31-30. And I didn't realize it was a running joke of his that he picks 31-30 every week. I did not know that. Um, I was looking at the total. I made my prediction based on the total uh, that Vegas had. And I, for once, wanted to, to proclaim a Florida State victory, and I picked a thrilling 31-30 victory. Now, I did say it was contingent upon whether or not this offensive line is uh, relatively healthy. Do they get both, if not both, maybe at least one of the players that have been out within the form of Maurice Smith and Robert Scott? Because we both know... They really can't block it up if they don't have those guys. It was a, a nightmare watching uh, that group try to perform last week against Wake. And so I do wonder now if, if they're able to get one of those guys back. Do we see a modicum of success? Also, I am curious. You know, Tom, you and I talked all week long on the Jeff Cameron Show about, you know, the, the sort of scattershot way in which we've run our offense over these first three games where we haven't really been able to stick with any one thing. It seems like they've abandoned game plans pretty early on. What is it you want to see today more than anything else from this offense? Obviously, we we do know that Mackenzie Milton is starting. Yeah, I'd like them to stick with Mackenzie Milton then. You could have told me Jordan Travis is starting, and the answer would have been, I'd like them to stick with Jordan. Right, right. This going back and forth thing, is just it doesn't cut it, man. And and you could see it, especially when Mackenzie Milton himself is, is a streaky player. He runs hot and cold. You need drives in order to even have a chance to get hot. Same thing with Jordan Travis. So for me, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency in personnel. That starts with the quarterback, but then also, you know, does Lawrence Toafili need to get 10 touches? No. I don't think so. You know, I, I think we stick with Trayshawn Ward and, and Corbin. And if, you know, you have an issue with ball security, maybe, it you know, for two weeks in a row, not think about what you do with Sean Corbin, but you don't want to send the message of abandoning your reliable players like we did last week and, and then getting all helter-skelter. My hope is that, the coaching staff through the decisions they make today don't project panic and and getting off script like they have the last couple of weeks second half against jacksonville state and then certainly in the entire game against wake um you know obviously i'll lean on you and, and uh, the signal spotty out here but i can tell you in about oh i don't know two three hours time i'm gonna start looking at twitter to see if our offensive linemen are indeed going to be 
suiting up because if they are, then that can make a difference in the running game, which then obviously opens up a lot of things for what we want to do. Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, Tom, you, you're hitting on some of the themes that I had for today's Tallahassee game day, which is, look, uh, obviously nobody n- nobody's excited about the place Florida State finds themselves in 0-3 through, you know, through three games. We're trying to find a victory here today. I, I, was, I was talking about how there has to be something that gives you hope, something that you can latch on to, something that makes you believe that, okay, uh, we'll see progress as the season unfolds. Well, you never project that when you project panic, when you project yep. desperation. So, you know, to me, you you got to see something that you say, okay, that is or is not working. That'll be evident. But it is at least something that they're trying to accomplish. They had a game plan going in. They're They're willing to stick with it. And they're going to see it through, and hopefully they are able to execute. We're not talking about a devastatingly great defense for Louisville. This is not a group that can that should own the day. Uh, so hopefully Florida State, in the quick game, maybe incorporate tight ends a little bit. We haven't seen much from them at all in this offense. I brought that up as well. Uh, maybe you get the ball out of McKenzie Milton's hands quickly and you have a chance to make some plays. This i, I got to imagine at some point in time, we'll get ready to wrap up here, and I'll let you go enjoy the Ryder Cup, you bum. Um, I, I, would, I would just say that... Uh, the receivers, while not immensely talented, there are a couple of guys that I think have a chance to emerge as good players before their time at FSU is up, have got to be tired of hearing the, the, the football-covering world say, boy, Florida State's receivers sure do suck. It'd be nice to make a few plays today out on the edges for the first time this year. Well, and I don't think that the UCF team that Louisville beat last week is akin to the McKenzie Milton group with Trayvon right. Smith, right? Right. Like, there should be some plays to be made out there today. Yeah, I, I totally agree. This is something that, you know, it, it, it's like we're talking about with linebacker playing offensive line play. Like, we're Florida State. Do we have to go into year four or five of saying where are the skill players or where, where are the guys in the trenches? They've got a couple of players. That I, I feel bad for the receivers, though, because when you have two different quarterbacks rotating in and out or it's a helter-skelter back and forth, that tells me that you're prepping two different ways during the week. So, you know, if, if you're lacking in talent and your details are all over the place because there are two different ways to play offense here at Florida State, like, then you're behind the eight ball before you even release into a route. That's it, really tough. So hopefully again today, maybe through personnel consistency, you might see a couple of plays. But we'll see, man. At, by drive three or four, how many quarterbacks have we seen in the game? We'll find out. Go enjoy it, my brother. Cheer on the United States and uh, our Knowles as well. And uh, I hope you have a great time. And keep sending me those pictures, man. I will. All square on the 10th. Brooks did a good drive. We'll see if they can bounce back. All right. Sounds good, brother. Be good. See you. All right. That's Tom Lang, director of original content, Warchant.com, and the Jeff Cameron Show, producer live from the Ryder Cup. Tough times. We're here in a studio. He's live at the Ryder Cup. It's okay, though. Uh, touching back on this, I want to answer Alejandro's uh, question here on the chat. You guys want to see him see a plan uh through even if it's not working, then the conversation will be coaches can't adjust, right? Yeah, no, I, I'm not one of those guys, Alejandro. I, I will say that um, if you give me something, some semblance of a plan as opposed to desperation, uh, I am not going to uh, hammer them for not adjusting. Uh, they'll ha- I mean, every coach has to adjust in-game to, to certain elements. You know, one of the things that Florida State did a very good job of in week one, uh, understanding they were going to have a hard time blocking uh, Notre Dame, uh, they created angles. They created uh, leverage and angles. And uh, once they put that on film, though, it's pretty interesting to note Jacksonville State adjusted and uh, beat Florida State to the spot when they tried to create those angles on the offensive line. It'll be it'd be interesting to see what Florida State does 
because they're having to be very creative uh, in, in ways that most coaching staffs don't have to be. There are times you're allowed to just block somebody, man up. But Florida State doesn't really have the horses to do it. So at that point, whatever you choose to do, I think you have to you know, work it that week in install uh, and, and work it till you're blue in the face, understanding that what won't work is the approach of, hey, let's just try this. Let's just, okay, that doesn't work. All right, let's just go to this. You can't get into rhythms that way. You don't give yourself a chance to wear people down that way. Uh, and that, I think, is really the root of a lot of the criticism is that it, it appears haphazard. Uh, now, again, I do think their hands are tied in a lot of ways that that requires you to have to be creative um, beyond what is even reasonable. You know, you talk about the red zone stuff. Let me Let me bring this up real quick before we go to break. If you look at Florida State's red zone numbers, they're, they're, they're awful. And you don't even really have to have done the research because you probably know it just from looking at the games. If you watch the games, uh, you know, Florida State is uh, 126th uh, in, in the red zone. One of the, one of the problems there is that you can't, you can't move people off the ball and you're in a condensed area. So you've got an extra defender with the back line. Everybody knows that, right? So you can trick people from the 20 to the 20. And actually, if you go back to the Wake game, Florida State did trick to, to varying degrees of success Wake Forest from the 20 to the 20. Now, a lot of it was sort of just experimental, and they ran into a couple of things that really worked out for them, uh, including confusing Wake enough on those tosses, uh, those odd man tosses, where Wake was misaligned. And we ran it back-to-back plays, once to the right, once to the left, and got huge chunk yardage. But again... That wasn't part of the original game plan. That wasn't part of the script. That was sort of, uh, all right. Now, I get it. But now that you know you're not really going to be able to just line up and dominate somebody, that's, it, it is true. You, you have to get very creative at the beginning of every week. But the red zone woes, I fear, will remain intact for the rest of the season. Because for all of this talk about game planning and sticking with something and wanting to find an identity – when you get down into the red zone, you have to physically punch people. You have to move them off the ball. You have to earn the tough yards in a condensed area. They're not going to be able to do that. They don't have guys out on the edges that win jump balls. They don't have guys who physically can just use their bodies to shield corners and make plays. I, you would think maybe with Malik McLean that's possible. There are some guys, some bigger receivers, Williams, guys like that that we haven't been – we haven't utilized a lot here. They're awfully young, and they haven't shown that they can be relied upon. Maybe that emerges, and that gives you something of hope down there in the red zone. But if it's if it's about running the ball for three and four yards to try to push piles, I, you know, I don't see that happening. And right now, your quarterbacks can't really run it either. And so the red zone woes, I fear, will be intact pretty much for the rest of this season, and that's frustrating, but I also think it's a reality. All right, real quick, before we move forward here on Tallahassee Game Day, should remind you of this. If you need a break from the same old sad, sorry salads, keep your taste buds a vacation from the ordinary. Try Zaxby's new Southwest Salad. They say salad. With warm hand-breaded chicken, fire-roasted corn, juicy tomatoes, crispy Santa Fe tortilla strips, all in a bed of mixed greens and topped with Southwest Ranch dressing, it's made to order using only the freshest ingredients. It's only at Zaxby's, a proud Seminole booster of Florida State University for over 15 years. Tallahassee Game Day continues in a moment. 
time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash Warchant. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Louisville averages 165 yards on the ground. They also give up. Nearly as many, 162 per game on the ground. Uh, so why do I bring it up? Well, I think it's something to uh, point to if we're going to do our next segment, which is Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Barano Heating and Air Conditioning, a longtime trusted partner of the Jeff Cameron Show. Turn to the experts at Barano Heating and Air Conditioning for all your cooling and heating needs this fall. Head to BaranoAC.com or call 850 Two, nine. Well, I think you got to go straight to Jayshon Corbin and Treshawn Ward. Now, I understand the fumble from Jayshon Corbin last week was a devastating turn of events given that Florida State got the early break they so desperately needed with the interception. But Corbin's a very reliable player. He's a guy through three games that has carried the ball 37 times, rushed for 283 yards for a 7.6 average, did have that long touchdown run, obviously, against Notre Dame that was electrifying. I don't think we thought he had that in him, so showing signs, again, that that explosiveness is back from uh, from when he had the injury before transferring back into Florida State. So Treshawn Ward is a guy that has emerged, too, that the fans desperately want to see run the football. Uh, 25 carries on the year. 177 yards. He has uh, carried for an average of 6.8 yards per carry. He has looked very, very good as well. So those two individuals, as we continue to talk about what Florida State can do to improve and what Florida State can do to kind of formulate a game plan, those are guys that I think you have to formulate the game plan around uh, as best you can, given your restrictions on the offensive line. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I will also say, you know, today, as we look ahead and we talk about who's cold, well, it's this Florida State passing attack. While we're still in the discussion, uh, this is it's it hasn't it hasn't been good. I mean, you've got two guys that are averaging, in essence, less than a um, hundred yards passing a game. Uh, that that'll hurt your feelings. Uh, the pass per attempt uh, yardage is dreadful. Uh, so, if you look at all the advanced metrics, everything about this passing attack is ugly. 
and that has to get better. And you got to give yourselves a chance. So I think formulating a game plan around the run and then throwing off of that, as rudimentary as that sounds, I think that gives you your best opportunity. We also know you're not really going to be able to dial up plays down the field. Now, they do have efforts, and they have efforted, and we've seen it work uh, a couple of times this year. And actually, there have been opportunities for more. They will dial up shot plays after doing a lot of the underneath stuff. Uh, so they have, I mean, that's kind of what they've been able to do. They've been able to hit a home run here and there because they've got teams to where they creep up and creep up because they don't have to respect much uh, in the way of explosiveness from the receivers. So they have been able to formulate and, and come up with plans to get a shot player there, here or there. Got to make them count when you do. Uh, obviously they did with Pokey. Obviously they did at the beginning of the year uh, as well with Ja'Kai Douglas, but when you get those chances, and I'm talking about the one that Keyshawn Elton dropped, you got to make it count because Florida State's not going to be a prolific offense. Florida State's not going to be an offense that can drive the ball consistently and make big plays and, and you know, score into the 30s and 40s each week. Uh, let's be frank. I mean, it's just not that kind of an offense. So when you get an opportunity to make a play, you got to make it. I, I am curious to see uh, today what the offense looks like. I have a suspicion that if he's healthy, and that's a big if, and that is something, too, that we haven't spent a lot of time on. But, you know, this week, Mackenzie Melton was obviously the, the, the guy that was announced as the starter. And Jordan Travis is nursing injury. Jordan Travis has remained hurt. We saw him at the end of this last game in a familiar form, in a familiar pose. And that is one in which the shoulder is dipped, and you can tell there's a lot of pain there. And I hate it for the young man because I know mentally he's tough. You know, mentally, he, he, he wants to make plays, and he does everything in his power to do so. But let's be honest about what he is so far this year. He has not been a dynamic runner, and now he's hurt. And I feel like Mackenzie Milton is in a similar position because we know, first of all, he can't really run. But secondly, he's a guy that I think has still continued to battle physical uh, maladies uh, since coming over. And, you know, I understand why Florida State – wanted to bring him in if he was able to recapture any of that glory at UCF and return to form, then you know he's a big-time player, has had his big moments against elite competition. And so I understand why Florida State made the effort to do it. Uh, but the reality to me, with, his, with the amount of time he missed and then physically watching him throw a football and then seeing all the times that he's had to come to the sideline and they work on that leg and that foot, I just don't think he's right either. So... Watching him today, I'm hoping they get the ball out of his hands quickly. I don't want Mackenzie Milton taking a lot of hits. That stands to reason for any quarterback, but it's especially true when you've got guys that are nursing injuries uh, because for as much as people will say, well, at some point you're going to have to go to Chubba Purdy. Well, yeah, maybe at some point you are. Maybe there will be a reason that you're forced to do so because you just don't have the health of either Travis or uh, Mackenzie Milton, but Chubba, frankly, has not looked the part in practice. He's not been a guy that we've seen take a big step forward. That stands to reason as well. When you miss as much time as he did a year ago, uh, it's awfully difficult uh, to make ground uh, up in, 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 in a hurry. So he's played, uh, when, he, when he has practice, he's looked healthy, and that's good to see because much of his time at Florida State has been that of a guy who's been dealing with injury and complications from said injury and a lot of frustration. A lot of frustration. Uh, but his attitude is right, his work ethic is there, and he's physically uh, back healthy. But I haven't seen him make real strides from the pocket as a passer. He's a guy uh, who I think will uh, obviously be able to run the football a little bit with more conviction 
if, in fact, he's in the game. We may actually see him today. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Tallahassee Knowles, take note. This one's for you announcing the Bud Light Sideline Experience Contest. If you're a Nolan Tallahassee, text Bud Light Fan, all one word to 31996. That's Bud Light Fan, all one word to 31996. If you're the lucky winner, you score two sideline passes, hospitality passes, and fan gear for the FSU Miami game on November the 13th. you got to be 21 years of age or older to enter. Please enjoy responsibly. A message from local Anheuser-Busch beverage distributor Tri-Eagle Sales. Coming up, defensive keys to the game. I think I know what those are. We'll touch on it next on Tallahassee Game Day. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Well, Florida State has had a real hard time on third down getting off the field. They're 91st in the country in doing so, whereas Louisville, for example, on the other side of the ball is ninth in the country. They're getting off the field, so that is always um, always a way to help uh, stay fresh late. In Florida State's depth of defense of talent isn't great, so they're going to have to do a better job of that if they expect to have any sort of life in the fourth quarter of this game, if it's a close game indeed. Uh, so we look at the defensive keys to the game right now, and um, I think for starters, you're going to have to keep Malik McLean, uh, for the most part, bottled up the best you can and have him throw out of the pocket. You don't want him running around, extending plays. That's a guy that can really beat you with his legs. I, I know it's easier said than done, but I actually – this has been a, go- a group that up front defensively has been very good. It's the strength of the team right now. Uh, they've hit the quarterback. The numbers bear that out, and uh, I gave some of those numbers earlier in the show. It also, just – given that Cunningham has been a guy that uh, has has at times shown that he can um, he can wilt in these moments if you've hit him. I mean, that's why you hear people describe him as hot and cold. Um, it, it, when, when things are going swimmingly and he's not getting hit, he gets very comfortable, utilizes that athleticism, makes some plays, extends plays, and does a good job. When he's getting hit, he begins to see the rush. And he's a guy that stops looking downfield. Um, so I would really hope, obviously, uh, you keep him from getting outside the tackles and making plays with his legs. Uh, and I think you have a fighting chance to do that today. I think that's where Florida State's strength is. So if Florida State's going to win, they're going to do that. And uh, the other thing I would note is uh, I would tell you that, uh, hey, if you're able to get it to third and 12, third and nine, third and eight, this is a problem. This has been a continuous problem for Florida State. Make a play. This is so difficult at times to watch because I want to say, despite some disappointing elements of what we've done defensively, I want to say they haven't played all that poorly. I think by and large, Fuller's group has played pretty well. They were put in an untenable situation a week ago with all of the turnovers and the extended drives because of the roughing the punter penalty, even though that was garbage, and the obviously unnecessary roughness penalty um, or personal foul penalty, I should say. Sorry on Jerry Jones, which is also nonsense. They've had some bad breaks, and they've been put in bad positions. And I'm not saying they're world beaters, but they have improved immensely. The one area where they could do themselves a huge favor is when there's a play to be made in that secondary Guys have got to catch the football. I don't know how many dropped interceptions Florida State has this year, but it's a lot. And part of the problem with that is that a year ago in this game, you'll recall this, a year ago in this game, part of what left us all just mouths agape in shock was how free 
Tutu Atwell and everybody else was running in our secondary. There was nobody to be found. You couldn't, you couldn't, if you're watching on television this game, you couldn't spot Florida State's nearest defender on your TV. That has not been the case for Florida State this year in any way, shape, or form. You're not seeing guys running wide open free. Now, you see guys beating our corners. You see guys doing a good job against man, and absolutely, uh, we, we all know a couple of guys have been on the wrong end of those long pass plays, but it's not because they didn't know their assignment. They didn't know where to be. A lot of times they have either not played with great leverage and or they just got run by. And that is on Adam Fuller in this defensive staff to understand that some guys simply are being asked to do things they can't. So, yes, I lean towards wanting to see some more cover three, cover four type stuff, more zone type stuff. But there have been – Travis Jay has had it happen. Uh, we could um, Brownlee's had it happen. A lot of guys have had, had their moments. Uh, Dent had it happen where you could – the hands are on the ball. you got to make a play. Reward yourself for the work. When you're in phase and you're able to stay with a guy, I know, all jokes aside, we've seen a lot of guys get run by. Again, but it, I, I can count six times that I can think of this year where guys did everything technically right. They covered well. They used good technique. They got their head around. Balls there. Didn't make a play. Didn't make a play. When you're fragile, when you're struggling, when you're hoping to kick your way out of this hellhole, you've got to find the time, the opportunities. You've got to find it within you, the opportunities to make those plays because nobody's coming to help us and nobody feels sorry for Florida State. You've got to do this yourself. It's, it can be maddening to see all of that work go to waste because you do the hard part. You do the hard part where you're in position and then you don't make the play. It's just one more frustration. I go back to the beginning of uh, Tallahassee game day, to this show, where Mike Norvell talked about, you know, having to learn something from the mistakes that they've made, having to, you know, not have this go, you know, for not. It's already tough enough to lose football games, but if you're not learning and then taking that lesson and overcoming it the next week, it just becomes another disappointment and not a way to grow. Uh, In fact, that quote again, we're having to go through painful moments. It's challenging. We're a very young team. We have guys that are being put in positions where, with all the right intentions, they're learning some tough, tough lessons that they haven't experienced in the past. And for us, we can't allow the pain of some of our failures to go wasted. We've got to learn the lessons. We've got to apply the lessons week to week. I think it's smart there to not deflect and not and not try to, I guess, talk your way out of the disappointments, but rather acknowledge them, accept that, oh, sure, yeah, we, we, we all realize this is unacceptable. We all realize this is not good. Um, but you can learn even when you're going through this. You can learn, uh, you know, wh- how to do certain things better, how to give yourself a better opportunity uh, each week. You can find a way uh, to grow. And that's what today is. Today is a day where uh, us as fans are wanting to see it from the coaches. Coaches are wanting to see it from the players. Hopefully it adds up to a win. Ultimately, that's what you're there to do. But you can't look like there's nothing happening each game, each week in practice, on to the next. You can't look that way. You have to look like a buttoned-up group that has a chance to grow each week that they uh, 
take the field. Let's see if they do. I mean, uh, at this point, I think uh, there's nowhere to go but up, so let's be honest with ourselves. Seems like everyone's got a chicken sandwich these days, so which one do you want to try? Luckily, one sandwich towers above all the others in size and deliciousness, Zaxby's Signature Sandwich. It's an extra-large hand-breaded filet and three thick-cut pickle chips on a split-top bun, and it comes with your choice of Zach's sauce or new spicy Zach's sauce, which I've had. It's very good. I like the spicy Zach's sauce. It's big. It's delicious. It's only at your neighborhood Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud supporter of the Florida State Seminoles. More Tallahassee game day in a moment. Come back and give you some score predictions. Get caught up and round out the show. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Tallahassee Game Day is brought to you by Zaxby's, the official chicken of sports fans. Tallahassee Zaxby's, proudly supporting Florida State University and Seminole Boosters for over 15 years. Now here's Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Yeah, slowly, slowly we get back to... (laughs) I was racing back in. Oh, man. Wrapping it up on Tallahassee Game Day, and appreciate you watching on War Chant TV. Another reminder before we get out of here for the day uh, that I will be joining Gene Williams post games. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm here. I'm here, and I wasn't doing shots. By the way, I, I'm seeing the chat. Um, no, I wasn't doing shots at uh, Corner Pocket yesterday. Uh, and I'm right here in studio. Uh, but I would tell you um, that after the game today, I will be joined with uh, Gene Williams, by Gene Williams, and uh, we will take your calls. Normally Tom does it, but I'm filling in for him this week, so look forward to the post game. You know why? I'm really excited to talk about this win. I'm really excited about Florida State's first victory of the season. There you go, right? That's That's the kind of... Positivity I was told that people wanted to hear uh, before the end of the show. And I don't normally just say it. I actually think Florida State has a very good chance to win today. I, I, we've talked a lot about contingencies and things that have to happen for Florida State to win. Um, I, I, right off the bat, everybody's going to be watching very, very closely to see uh, the health of this offensive line. You know, all predictions, basically, 
kind of go out the window if Florida State's not healthy up front. And, and that's been the biggest thing. Like, you can, you can want to win, and you can talk about learning lessons, and you can talk about getting better, and you can talk about all the things that have to happen. Um, but the truth is, you can't win if you're not able to block. And Florida State has not had a healthy offensive line. They haven't had a talented offensive line. And that is a deadly, to me, a deadly uh, combination that leaves it almost uh, impossible to, to win a football game. Now, let me say this as I get set for the uh, game prediction uh, and the score prediction. Uh, we want to thank our friends at Lane's Medical Shop who sponsor the segment with locations in Colquitt and Donaldsonville. Lane's Medical Shop offers all your medical supply needs. They even have delivery and emergency services available. Lane's Medical Shop, 229-758-9111. Tell them Jeff Cameron and Warchant.com sent you for a half-off discount. Thanks to Lane's Medical Shop, 229-758-9111. Obviously, all uh, afternoon, all morning, I should say, you've heard it, but uh, we always thank our friends at Zaxby's as well, as they are the title sponsor for this. So, we appreciate their help in allowing us to execute this. I said thirty-one thirty when Warchant uh, asked me to send in my video, and uh, I did. And I thought, you know, that sounds like it's even plausible. That said, uh, I'll tell you this. Again, it's going to be dependent on whether or not you can block it up at all. And uh, I do think uh, if you get one of your two offensive linemen back, you got a shot, in particular the tackle in Robert Scott. Robert Scott's a guy that still has a long way to go. He's a guy that is, um, you know, I, I think getting better uh, in his time here. He got a lot stronger in the offseason. His upside is, is pretty good. Uh, not going to be a dominant player, I don't think. I don't think he's the kind of guy that we're going to be talking about uh, at the end of his career as a first-round pick. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that. But he can certainly be more than serviceable. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, if he's back, you've got yourself a fighting chance. More so than if Maurice Smith is back. And what I mean by that, and Maurice Smith is uh, an upgrade for you at center, significant one at that, Bavion's been serviceable. Bavion filling in for him has been pretty good. So it, that hasn't been the end of the world. So I, I will say that you can live without Maurice Smith, but you have no answers out there at tackle. Uh, you have zero answers out there at tackle uh, when, when he's out. And by the way, this makes me laugh. Briley writes, we would get our first win when Tom misses out the postgame. All the pain, none of the glory. The football gods are absolutely going to curse Tom with that. Yeah, you know what I was told this week uh, by Gene and others? Jeff, if we win and you're hosting the postgame and you did the solo Tallahassee game day, Tom's going to be out of work. Not like literally out of work, but he just... On-air stuff is gone. That's it. They're going to be post-game. Cameron, you got to do the post-game every week. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not doing the post-game every week. I like to have fun at these games uh, without the responsibility <laughs> that comes with having to go on the air afterwards. I kid somewhat. Uh, I, I, will, I will say this. I do think um, Florida State will play appreciably better uh, this weekend than they did last. In defeat or victory, they'll play appreciably better. I, I think you're going to see some changes. Um, <laughs> you're saying you don't feel too bad? Yeah, I agree with it. These... <laughs> uh, 
Oh, I can't read that on the air. You guys, we're still on the air. I know we're winding it down, but we're still on the air. You can't post things like that. Uh, So they'll play appreciably better primarily because I think I do. You know, after it was funny to me. After the game last week, it seemed that a lot of fans were hyper-focused on whether or not um, Mike Norvell's calling plays. And I think if you go back and look at his history, if you go back and look at Mike Norvell, what he's always done and the success he's had as a play caller, a lot of those things haven't shown up here. Um, And a lot of the uh, play calling seems to be um, less consistent than what we've seen from him in the past. And so I got the sense, and I don't know, but I'll, I'll be watching this carefully too, that he was ready to take back over play calling. Um, and, you know, it's interesting with coaches. I remember I've had the good fortune of, of doing interviews with uh, head coaches uh, for the most part for 20 years here and, and offensive coordinators and all that, 20-plus years. I did it with Jimbo the, every year he was here, whether he was an OC or head coach in waiting and then eventually head coach. You know, head coaches get asked all the time how much they're willing to delegate, how, how you know, what, what, is, what has to happen for you to – give play calling duties up, especially if they're, you know, if they're an offensive mind, what has to happen for you to relinquish those duties. Most of the time, if guys kind of came up and cut their teeth on calling plays and, you know, they have an offensive system that they believe in wholeheartedly and that they have shaped over the course of their career, shaving some things, adding others, you know, if they're creative minds, they want to continue to call plays. They also understand once they become a head coach that a lot of times it, it can be very, very difficult uh, because they have so many other duties. And when you have a lot of holes in your team, you have a lot of flaws within, within your team, you are busy trying to put out fires. You're busy running around trying to make everything else uh, work more efficiently. And so you're, you're, you're perhaps in a moment willing to give up those duties if you have a guy that you hire that you that you trust that seems to have the same, obviously you don't hire a guy that has uh, beliefs that run counter antithetical to what you're trying to do. So you say, well, he you know he understands what we're trying to do. After all, play calling is something that um, you know there are parameters. This is what we run on third and short. This is what we run in the red zone. This is what we run second and long. I mean, there's a group of plays. The sheet is there. They are your plays. You know. They just have the choice when to call those plays. But when it goes south and things get ugly and people start complaining about your offense and you see some pretty questionable moments like that fourth and two call, yeah, they tend to want to immediately go back and say, okay, that was grand opening, grand closing. That experiment is done. I think Mike calls the plays today. If you're healthy up front, Give me the Knowles, 31-30. I'll stick with 31-30. Which, if, by the way, it's 31-30 and I'm doing the post game, oh, my God. I will have been on the verge of cardiac arrest. That I can't. We can't get that close and have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You get ready to donate, everybody. <laughs> I'll go 31-30 Florida State. Uh, Director Matthew, good work out of you, sir. Appreciate it. Our thanks to Tom uh, as he... Uh, Enjoyed the Ryder Cup, but did call in at least and give us a little taste of what's going on there. My thanks to all of you for listening to Tallahassee Game Day and, of course, our sponsors. And my thanks to you guys on the chat there on WarChant TV. Be well. Go Knowles. Enjoy the day. It's going to be gorgeous out there. If you're going to the game, have fun. And hopefully we're uh, talking about the uh, the Knowles' first victory afterwards in the postgame on WarChant TV. 
About 10 minutes after the game ends, myself, Gene Williams, join us. Feel free to call in, chime in. We'll be taking your calls. I'll be hosting. Gene and I will be talking about this, the first victory of the year. Let's hope it's true. Tallahassee game day next week as well for a home game against Syracuse. So we hope you join us there too. Be good, everybody. Go Knowles.